Welcome to Radio KAL. I'm Steve Eunice. And I'm Neil Bailey. Barry Freeman has the weather. <laughs> well, this is our seventh show. I didn't think it would go the distance. I'm lucky to still be alive. I'd like to thank everyone for making this concept a success, especially to our core supporters who listen in each and every month. Yeah, thanks guys. You're awesome. We've got a few topics we'd like to discuss in this show. Uh, what's the topic on top of your list, Neil? Well, first, total envy, because I hear that you got to see some second unit photography. I've been trying to get on the Smallville set because they film here, but it's always, don't call us, we'll call you. You, on the other hand, got to see secondary filming on the movie. What was that like? Well, so far I've been both to first unit and second unit filming in the streets of Sydney, but uh, most recently, over two weekends, uh, my sister Carol and I went down to the city uh, where there'd been announcements of road closures for filming, so went to see what we could see, and uh, it was pretty interesting. You got to meet Singer, didn't you? Back in April, yes. But this time around, when I was there anyway, he wasn't on set. Dan Bradley, the second unit director, was on hand filming street scenes, showing extras, reacting to various things, such as earthquakes, Superman flying by, uh, running in panic, pointing up in the sky. Uh, cool stuff that I'm sure I'll be able to spot when the movie comes out and I'll be able to say, hey, I was there when they, shoot, when they shot that. You told me, if I could say this without getting in trouble, that you wanted to jump the barriers and sneak in. Come on, admit it. I would have. Yeah, I'd love nothing more than to be an extra in some of the scenes. Uh, imagine seeing yourself in a Superman movie. That'd be so cool. No doubt. I mean, I probably would have gotten myself arrested trying to sneak in. One of the Wizard Magazine staff got to be an extra in the Fantastic Four movie. Uh, he was used as part of the press during a few scenes, I believe. That'd be cool. Uh, wish I'd asked me to do something like that. I think you should get a cameo for all the help you've given Soups over the years, but that's just me. But then there's... It's the little guys who get missed in these kinds of things, unfortunately. Siegel and Schuster weren't even given a cameo in the original movie, were they? No, they weren't, as far as I know. I think they were embroiled in legal battles at the time, but uh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, I'd have to check. I guess my point being, I wish I could somehow get people like you, like Loeb and Rucka, in, place, in places in the film. It, it's hard not having any influence, and it, mu it must get especially frustrating standing right at the barricades, wanting to push your way in. But I'm getting all merit metaphorical. Talking about little guys, uh, we have to talk about the kid. You're right! The kid! We should warn, this is spoiler territory. Yes, uh, be warned. Stop this playback now if you don't want to hear spoiler information about the movie. Uh, but being on the leading edge of news, it's our job at the Superman homepage to report and discuss the latest stuff going on about the film, so uh, you'll excuse us if we continue. And Lois Lane is a mom, and not of little Clark Jr. either. Well, we don't know that 100% for sure. True. Singer chose his words very carefully when revealing this piece of information. Yeah, there's the chance, obviously, it could be Superman's before he went away. Singer said that Lois and Richard White are engaged, uh, they have a kid together. If someone at the San Diego Comic Con was really on the ball, they should have asked, who are the child's biological parents? That's the real question. I don't know. Personally, and this is going to get me in trouble for saying it, but, but I don't think it fits into the character. Uh, uh, of course, I haven't seen the movie. I've got to disclaim that. It's like reviewing the first issue of a six-part story. Everything could change. But what gets me is that Lois is career-oriented and very determined, and when it comes down to it, likened to Superman and her value system. The movie makes it so that she will either, to be with Superman, has to leave the father of her child, or maybe she had the child out of wedlock, which is a bad example, in my opinion, to put over a character that's an example of a strong female. Or even worse, she had a kid with Superman, didn't tell him, and then raised the kid without him for five years. Or, philosoph or philosophy aside, what if this is another Anakin Skywalker? A little 
annoying kid. I mean, there's so many areas of this could go, that could go horribly wrong. Why make tertiary distractions when you have Superman? Well, I don't know. It could be a good thing. It's drama. It adds higher stakes. It adds motive for reactions and actions. Uh, let's examine the three possibilities. If it is, as Singer would like us to think, that the child belongs to Richard and Lois, then it would make for a very hard... Well... Reunion between Lois and Superman, you know, I mean if they got back together, you know, that wouldn't necessarily work I mean unless Richard or the child dies And some would say immoral. I mean, I don't know about the morality of it But I do know that it distracts from Lois and Clark's idealism in their relationship That could be d good drama though killing the kid, but I think I think Richard will bite it That'd be my gut, but no audience would forgive either death. I think somehow I don't see Singer or Warner Brothers allowing Superman to be the villain in that way for him to come between a child and his mother and father, well, that wouldn't be right. I'm with you there. There's something to be said for a lonely single mother having a guy come in and make her life happy again. And I don't mean that in a sexist way. The story's good the other way, too, with a guy who has the, the, the girl come in and make life better. But making Superman a homewrecker or a guy who's abandoned Lois, this is where it's frustrating not to know the story. I mean, what's the next option? The next option is that it, it is indeed Lois and Superman's child that he left Earth for his five to six year exile or break before he knew that Lois was pregnant. Or knowing she was pregnant, worse. Yeah, I don't think he'd do that. I don't either, but then again, I didn't think Arnold Schwarzenegger could play Mr. Freeze either. Stranger things have happened. But having said that, this option would make Superman 2 much more than a loose prequel. It'd make Superman Returns a pretty solid sequel to that earlier movie. Yes, especially given the connotation that Lois and Clark warmed up in the fortress, if you know what I mean. But then, Bosworth looks 22, and that makes her having the kid at 17. Singer has already said we need to suspend disbelief in the age of the actors. Uh, if this cast is going to be around for two more movies, which I believe is the plan, then we can't have them you know, starting the first movie at an older age. It just wouldn't work out. Uh, like Singer said, if we can believe a man can fly, then surely we can look past the age of Kate and Brandon in his first movie. I mean, if we can believe Tom Welling is a teenager in Smallville, then surely we can do the reverse for these guys. Very true. Actually, that's less of a concern of mine and more what I know I'll hear in email for the next two years after the movie while we wait for a sequel, as odd as that sounds. As the fan liaison, I kind of have to speak to these criticisms, and that's fair. Me, I can get a little lost easier than people reading me might think. There is speculation that the child could play a huge role in saving Superman at one point of the movie. If he is indeed Superman's biological son, that is. Something along the lines of a blood transfusion? I don't know, it's just all rumour and speculation at this stage. That would be interesting. you got to wonder, as the kid gets older too, what will the movies show him developing powers? I mean, I worry it may distract from the Superman-Luthor focus that a good Superman movie really needs. Kitschy side stuff kills movies. But then, I say that disclaimer, disclaimer, having not seen it, which is important. Maybe he sacri sacrifices himself for his dad. That would be nice, but also, I think they'd show up at Singer's with pitchforks for killing a kid. It's just not cool. Yeah, and then there's the third option, which from emails I've received from fans seems to be the one that they're hoping is the case, and that is that the child is Richard's from a previous relationship, and that Lois, as Richard's fiancée, has basically adopted him as her own child for the sake of her relationship. Which still leaves the potential of Superman being a thing, stopping a newly formed family because of his love for Lois, or Lois's love for him, leaving Richard White a single father. Man, you're really against this whole thing, aren't you? You keep pointing out the possible negative aspects of how it all could pan out. Do you really think that Singer would do that, or that the WB would allow him to? The things I've loved about this movie, and they outweigh this worry. 
that single shot of Luthor, the pictures in, uh, of the flight, the previs up in the clouds, they're all very reassuring, and Singer's record is impeccable. But still, those three options, kind of scary, you got to admit. I've been pointing out the negative, mostly because I'm finding it hard to see how this, the kid, will be good. But the point, and what I want to stress, and what I, is that I still have faith in Singer, and I always have. This is idle banter. Will I be in that theater? You know it. Do I think it will drag down the movie? I don't know, but I know that even if it is a tertiary distraction, it's still tertiary, which means that even if it's all hell and horrible, as I've pointed out it might be, I don't think it'll distract too much. And to be honest, I'm playing the devil's advocate for the fans, because we should, we should talk about these things. I'm not too worried. How about you? I was at first, but everything else I've seen about this movie seems to point towards it being a hugely f successful film, so I can't see them stuffing up on this side of things. Um, I've also had contact from someone high up in the making of this film who tells me to wait and see. So I think Brian Singer has thrown us a red herring in some regards. I'm quietly confident that this issue of the trial will work out fine. I know the singer has never disappointed me. Think about it in terms of X-Men. You saw those costumes online before the movie started. They stunk! Stunk! Even the Batman Begins costume, and in motion, with dialogue, with score, and with Singer's vision, things change. I have faith in that. And that's why, though I can get caught up in the negativity like everybody else, as you've just heard, my overwhelming emphasis, folks, is not to whine about web shooters. Wait and see. And if you can look at the previs of Superman in motion and not get goose flesh, check your pulse. So, Supergirl. I've yacked my head off, but I promised Anthony Arfrusa that we'd talk about Supergirl, because he wanted to know what we were thinking. You're referring to the upcoming upcoming new comic? Yeah, the comic in general, yeah. What do you say, Steve? Yeah, I'm, lo I'm looking forward to it, uh, mainly because Jeff Loeb is writing it. Uh, his introduction of Kara Zor-El to the current DC Universe has been nothing short of dramatic. Uh, Jeff never takes the easy road towards introducing new characters into his comics, so it's sure to be one rough rollercoaster ride. Yeah, I mean, there's been one long stream of Supergirl after Supergirl. All weren't that bad with the exception of the Seagull one because it seemed forced. And they all have their place in the mythology. Now we have the Silver Age one back, in essence. And though a lot of people don't like Loeb's style in that regard, I don't tend to mind it. I mean, heck, if I can muscle my way into comics, just to say it wouldn't rule that Linda and Kara fight after she comes back from exile. And if Loeb gets to focus on, the new, on a new Supergirl, that leaves a ton of story ideas open. There's something Loeb's really good at, creating bouncing off points. I'm buying the series. Had we decided if it was going to get reviewed? I mean, what do you listeners think? I mean, I just read Teen Titans, and I'm beginning to think that we should review that, too. We stay away from the ancillary titles because they're not directly related. You still feel the same way, Steve? People, people ask about that, so this might be a good time to clear that up. We will be reviewing the new Supergirl monthly title, uh, mainly because Kara is Cal's Kryptonian cousin. Uh, she's directly, directly related, and the book is surely going to involve Superman in some capacity. Being the Superman homepage, our focus has always been just Superman. We've never reviewed the Steel, Superboy, or Supergirl titles in the past, uh, because they weren't necessarily that closely related to Superman himself in their plots, uh, which is why we don't review the Teen Titans uh, comic at the moment either. Uh, but Supergirl is different this time around. L let me put it this way. Um, I've received emails from time to time asking me if I'd consider making a Batman homepage website, a Supergirl homepage website, and, and others. And to tell you the truth, I have enough trouble keeping up with Superman, but um, I don't have a passion for those other characters like I do the Man of Steel, so 
while I'm flattered, it's just not possible. Yeah, we've talked about it every now and again. The reality is, anything we did like that would just distract from keeping the Superman homepage as honed as it is. And it's a good plan, I think. The only reason I mentioned the Teen Titans was the strong Luthor connection in the last few issues you might, you folks might have missed. But if you think about it, six months from now, we might be spending a ton of time on Raven when we could be doing more work on Supes. Yeah, we don't want to move away from our main focus, especially in light of the uh, frenzy that's surely going to be coming with the new movie and all the merchandise and spin-off items that, it, that, that entails, uh, such as the new direct-to-DVD Superman animated movie. Which looks awesome to me. The buzz is pretty good. A lot of folks are asking me about it. Yeah, I've heard it'll be uh, Superman vs. Brainiac. Coming out of the Justice League, too, from what I hear. Yeah, the focus group that the WB had about this seems to have indicated to them that fans wanted it to tie in to the Justice League Unlimited series in some capacity. I like the Brainiac character. Um, in the animated universe, it's just fantastic the way that his origins, being uh, you know from Krypton, tie in with Superman, and that there's a um, you know an animosity between the two of them, a history. It makes story sense, and to me, it's probably the best change. Watching the DVD of the animated series, you really see it as a coherent plan. Do you think that they'll stick with George Newbern as the voice of Superman, or do you think Tim Daly will return for the character? I think for continuity to stick to Newburn, but honestly, I much prefer Daily. Me too. I'm glad more recent Justice League episodes have uh, seen Superman go back to the look that he had in the uh, original animated series. Uh, the early Justice League episodes had him looking too old and tired for my liking. I haven't seen him yet. I'm about to, mainly because I had uh, uh, television problems. Television, yeah, that's the ticket. But I can't wait. I hear the last series has been the absolute best. Well, it'll be good to see an animated movie based on Superman again. I mean, I enjoy Justice League Unlimited, but I much prefer solo Superman episodes. I can't wait for the Season 2 release of Superman the Animated Series whenever it comes out, mainly for the Mixius Pitlick uh, episode. What's the street date on that again? Nothing announced yet, as far as I know. Well, that about wraps up our chat. You ready to move into the new Super Secret Soundbite competition? Indeed. How did last month's contestants fare? Well, last month there was only four people who correctly guessed that the sound came from Smallville Season 2 episode, Ryan. We still had around the same amount of listeners, so I'm happy to say that our audience numbers haven't dwindled, and that's not the reason why the, uh, it was only four people, but I guess we simply found a way to uh, trick and make it a bit harder than previous shows. That's nice. We're getting the hang of it now. The four people who guessed correctly were Chris Fury, Annie Henning, Stephen G and Mike Libretto. Congrats, guys! And now, as promised, a change in pace. We'll leave the Smallville sounds for a bit and give you a crack at sounds from the Season 1 episodes of Lois and Clark. It's been a while since some of you have watched these episodes, so it won't be that easy. Unless, of course, you've been a good little Superman fan and purchased the Season 1 DVD collection, which was recently released. On sale here, through the Superman homepage. Bye! So here's this month's super secret soundbite from an episode of Lois and Clark. The day that I can't outsmart an 11-year-old is the day I hang up my press pass. There you have it. Can you guess which season one episode of Lois and Clark that sound came from? If you can, then visit the Radio KAL webpage at the Superman homepage and fill in the super secret soundbite competition form to send in your entry. Each person who correctly identifies which episode that sound came from will have their name read out during the next Radio KAL show. Good luck. Don't forget, along with Radio KAL this month, we've also published the seventh chapter of Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, 
audio drama. Here's the preview teaser trailer. An incriminating confession. You remember being broken out of strikers? Yeah, it was a mercy joke. An unexpected meeting. I'm here to see Perry White. This may sound odd, but do you know what this is all about? I asked him when he called to set up the meeting, but he wouldn't say. An adversary uncovered. What's that? A Superman clone! Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Say no more! Although he does look a titch gray in the skin, don't you think? Rather bizarre! And a confrontation between arch enemies. Join me, and together we'll bring a new level of peace to Metropolis. To the world. I'd sooner die. That can be arranged. Issue 7 of Superman, The Last Son of Krypton. Available for download July 27, 2005. Only at supermanhomepage.com. So what's the Superman song for this month, Steve? Well, regular listeners of this show will know that each month we play a song that mentions Superman. With over 300 to choose from, this month I've selected the Spin Doctors, Jimmy Olsen's Blues. Ah yes, Spin Doctors. Where the heck did they go? They should watch more VH1 or something.
And that's our show. Phew, and a big one too. I hope you all liked it. Thanks for joining us for another Radio KAL show. Thanks, Neil, for another enjoyable chat. Thanks, Steve. For the Superman homepage, I'm Neil Bailey. You stay classy, old Spice Red Zone. I'm Steve Eunice. Join us again next month for another episode of Radio KAL. You've been listening to Radio KAL at supermanhomepage.com.